People have a right to protest, to express their feelings, to enact change from our leaders. George Floyd's death was tragic and avoidable. But his death is just the most recent death in a series of deaths when it comes to unarmed black men. Everybody out there that's protesting, stay safe. And to the leaders out there, be leaders. Stop talking about change and actually make change. NBA Cypher starts right now. The NBA is going to vote and pass on a 22-team restart that will include the current 16 teams that occupy 1 through 8 in each conference. With addition, you'll have the Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Suns, the Spurs, and the Wizards. And with all of those teams having 8 games to play, those teams on the outside will have the opportunity to try to gain some ground on the teams occupying the eighth spot. And if so, if they're within four games, there will be a play-in, a winner-take-all playoff atmosphere. Matter of fact, I would say because they've added that to this restart, I think the opportunity to compete for the eighth and final spot will help in the development of teams with young cores. When you think of the Kings with Fox, Heald, and Bagley, the Suns with Booker, Oubre, and Ayton, and of course the Pelicans led by Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart. I think getting that playoff atmosphere experience will go a long way in their development. This is going to make every game matter, which is a brilliant idea by the NBA. The games also have value to teams who are in higher positions, in higher seeds. Although, here's the thing. If you're the Clippers and the Rockets, Nuggets, and you're competing for the number two spot, that would have great value because you would be hosting a series your crowd would be engaged. Your crowd would become part of the action. The momentum swings, the booing, the cheering. Your crowd will provide you with energy when you're down. Now, with everybody competing at a neutral site, I'm not sure the advantage of being a two seed versus being a four seed or a five seed if you're playing and there are no fans there. To me, there is no home court advantage. The Lakers are the number one seed. Should they end up playing the young Grizzlies? It'll really just come down to the fact that we all think the Lakers are the better team and we assume they'll win that series. But you never know. This is a restart and the Grizzlies are too young to be scared and they have nothing to lose. Now, granted, they have to hold on to that A spot, which is key and it won't be easy not when you've got the Pelicans who are now fully healthy. You've got the Blazers who are getting back Nurkic, a well-rested Damian Lillard and CJ McCallum. 
And then, of course, you've got the young sons with Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who's healthy, along with Kelly Oubre. I think this restart is going to be one of the more exciting things we've seen in years. Now, granted, there's been no sports. So, of course, the NBA stepping forward and restarting in late July, you realize how everybody locked in on watching a documentary. That's how desperate fans were for sports. So now you're getting real live sports. Things are happening in real time. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Every game will be watched. Trust me. And another thing, I think the ratings are going to be through the roof. I've heard people say that the NBA does not want to compete with the NFL. I, I disagree. I know the NFL has been the king forever. And I'm not saying the NBA is going to knock them off that pedestal. But the NBA is still the fastest growing of the major three sports. And with the pandemic, with the demand, with the thirst for play and action, I would even argue that the NBA has bigger stars than the NFL. I think the NBA rankings, I think their ratings are going to be through the roof. And even with the startup of the NFL, which, by the way, remember, we're still in a pandemic. And we're talking about testing and safety. And yes, the NBA is a physical league, but it's not a high contact league on the level of the NFL. I don't know how you do a restart with the NFL when it is a high collision, high contact league. Everything about the NFL goes against the proposition of social distancing. What happens on fourth and one when someone goes forward and there's this pileup of bodies that we've seen a thousand times that we take for granted? And now, I mean, it's not like you can wear a mask and your and your mouthpiece with your helmet on. I, I really don't know how they're going to resume play. It'll be interesting. I hope they're successful. More importantly, I hope they come up to a solution with how to deal with this pandemic better. But let me not get sidetracked with the NFL. This is all about the NBA. This is the NBA cipher. I am excited to watch any NBA basketball. But meaningful NBA basketball, with this all being about getting into the playoffs, that possibility, I'm excited for these young cores. I want to see a dynamic combo like Brandon Ingram and Zion. In concert with Lonzo and Josh Hart with the great two-way talent of a Drew Holiday. I think the Pelicans, as well as the Suns, can make some noise. The sky's the limit when you look at the talent, when you look at the versatility in Devin Booker. I think Kelly Oubre has the potential to be one of the top wing defenders in the NBA. But what he's done over the last couple of seasons is he's added the ability to score more consistently. This season, he's averaging over 19 points a game. Throw in a healthy DeAndre Ayton, along with a solid veteran point guard like Ricky Rubio, and the Suns might very well make a push. I don't know if Rubio is their point guard of the future, but I do know if they keep that trio together and they can add some more perimeter talent around them, I think the Suns have a bright future. Bigger picture, look at the Pelicans. Look at the Suns, 
Look at the Kings. I think the days of always trying to build with the blockbuster trade or the free agent superstar signing, it was always going to be difficult for markets like Sacramento, Portland, anyway. The best thing that management can do for all three of those franchises when you're talking about the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, and even the Suns, let me add them in there as well, is develop the young talent you have. Guys, on the next episode of the NBA Cypher, we're going to do a Q&A episode. I got to get caught up. I know. I have not forgotten. I will respond to a lot of you guys hitting me up. But let me add this to that Q&A. I'm going to give you these four names. AI, Allen Iverson, the answer. Derrick Rose, MVP Derrick Rose. MVP Russell Westbrook, MVP Steph Curry. And let me go back to AI, MVP AI. Take those four guys, and I want you to rank them how you would rank them. And on the Q&A, I'm going to give you how I would rank them. Next up, we're going to do, we're going to get into CBS's top 15 shooters of all time. Have a little fun with that. CBS Sports released their list of the top 15 shooters of all time. And at number 15, they had Drazen Petrovic, rest in peace, Chris Mullen, 14, Mark Price, 13, Peja Stojakovic, 12, J.J. Redick, 11, Steve Kerr, 10, Dirk, 9, Kevin Durant, 8, Steve Nash, 7, Kyle Corver, 6, Reggie Miller, 5, Larry Bird, 4, Ray Allen, 3, Klay Thompson, 2, and not surprising, Steph Curry at number 1. It's a really good list. And I have no problem with Kerr, Corver being on the list, or Reddick. They all are deserving but I would have them at the end of the list. They're great shooters, but they're not the type of shooters that are going to average 25, 20 to 25 points a game. You're not going to build an offense around them. At best, one of them, which was J.J. Reddick, was probably your third best player a couple of times on, on a few of his stops throughout his career. But you don't build a team around those types of players. I think when you're a really great shooter, you might take 16 to 18 shots a game and still shoot at an extremely efficient and high level. Steph shoots 40 feet from the basket without breaking form. Obviously, he's number one. Yes, Clay's not great off the dribble, but he's gotten better over his career. And like Reggie Miller, I think Clay's handle is his ability to run you crazy off screens. No, they don't they don't break you down with crossovers, but when you're trailing Reggie Miller, when you're trailing Clay Thompson for 48 minutes, it wears on you. They will find a way to get open and get buckets. Same for Ray Allen, although Ray actually could take you off the dribble and bang on you. When I think of the truly great shooters, 
They can score off the bounce and they can shoot from three. They can get to the basket. They can shoot floaters. They can shoot the mid-range. I think they're the complete package. And I think Steph can do all those things. I think to agree, to a degree, so can Clay, Ray Allen, Bird, of course. Look, Reggie shot the three, but I've seen Reggie shoot many mid-range jumpers, and he could get to the cup when needed. Steve Nash never averaged 20 a game, but when you're averaging 18 points and 13 or 11 assists a game, there it is. And we know KD is the master of the mid-range jump shot. Seven-footer who can break you down off the dribble, get to the rim, or pull up. Dirk, the first true stretch four. A lot of people want to tell you about how LeBron broke through and beat the 73-win Warriors, which was a great accomplishment. Remember, he came back down 3-1. But here's the thing. Dirk beat the first big three, did he not? I'm not talking about Pierce, Allen, and Garnett, the older big three. I'm talking about the big three that beat them. He beat LeBron, Wade, and Bosh in the finals. And that was not a loaded Dallas squad. That was an old Dallas squad. 32-year-old Dirk, 33-year-old Jason Terry, 37-year-old Jason Kidd. I can continue on. The Sean Marion that played in that finals, a good player, but that wasn't the Matrix. That was just Neo. And they still beat the Heat. That was because of Dirk. I like the list. But again, if you're Corver, if you're Reddick, if you're Kerr, you're occupying 15, 14, and 13. I'm going to honor the greatness of the late Drazen Petrovic. I'm going to respect the ability of Chris Mullen, who I seen giving people buckets at St. John's. And then when he went to the league, I'll keep it 100. I did not know that Chris Mullen was going to end up being the player that he was. He was actually levels better than he was in college. Chris Mullen's jump shot was water. I will say this. If I think there's two omissions on this list right off the top of my head, I'd replace Kerr or Corver, maybe even Reddick, with someone like Dale Ellis, with someone like Allen Houston, guys who were volume scorers, but jump shots were water and could get buckets. I think CBS list is pretty good. But if you had to have those two players on there, your list would be even better. Just my thoughts. With everything that's going on in the country, I think it's great to hear from athletes and celebrities. But the voices that impact things the most are those of everyday people. So good looking out. Kevia Shannon, Deion Simeon, Michael Packer, Sean Williams, Pat Rush, Tyrone Acker, and all the rest of the fam. And everybody else that's speaking out on all social media platforms, keep doing that. Don't, don't lose this moment. It's strange to think that Trayvon Martin died eight years ago. That Cap took a knee four years ago. 
And there's still people that don't understand why he ever took that knee. 